Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this. We're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture. A better way, where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it. At Huma, our carbon-rich, humate-based products improve soil health and fertility, deliver nutrients more efficiently, and reduce crop input costs. Welcome to Humix Solutions with a Human Touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more. The California Department of Pesticide Regulation has noticed a proposed regulation for a statewide system that will provide the public with information prior to intended applications of restricted material pesticides in California. Currently, applicators must be licensed, obtain a permit, and provide notice to the County Agricultural Commissioner prior to applications of restricted material pesticides. The proposed regulation would require information about restricted material applications for the production of an agricultural commodity to be submitted electronically to DPR for public posting through a new statewide information system 24 hours prior to intended restricted material pesticide applications except for soil fumigant restricted materials which would be posted 48 hours before an intended application. DPR is holding three public hearings on a regulation December 13th in Clovis, December 14th in Ventura and December 19th virtually. The department is additionally accepting written comments on the proposed regulations between now and January 12th. The proposed regulation follows a two-year period of outreach conducted by DPR to inform development of the statewide information system, including four focus groups and eight public meetings held between 2021 and 2022, and a series of pilot projects hosted by four counties to test elements of system design in 2022. As mentioned, the first meeting will be on December 13th in Clovis at the Clovis Veterans Memorial District. That meeting begins at 4.30 p.m., The next meeting will be on December 14th in Ventura at the Ventura County Fairgrounds. That meeting also begins at 4.30 p.m. And the virtual meeting is at 4.30 as well. It will be held on Zoom. You can get a webinar ID, passcode, and more information by contacting the California Cotton Jenners and Growers Association. Kaiser Permanente, the nation's largest integrated nonprofit healthcare provider, and Instacart, the leading grocery technology company in North America, have announced a collaboration to study the impact of convenient access to nutritious food on health outcomes. The study will target Kaiser Permanente Northern California and Southern California Medi-Cal members who have diet-related diseases such as diabetes, chronic heart failure, and other conditions. This work is part of Kaiser Permanente's comprehensive approach to improving the health of its members and patients by addressing these social health needs, such as secure housing, reliable transportation, and access to nutritious food that contribute to overall well-being. In 2022, Kaiser Permanente connected more than 170,000 of its members with community-based resources to meet their social needs and is on track to serve 400,000 members by the end of 2023. Lack of proper nutrition is the number one driver of poor health outcomes in the U.S., contributing to higher rates of diet-related diseases. Barriers to food and nutrition access are not experienced equally with low-income and rural communities and historically marginalized racial and ethnic groups being the most impacted by food and nutrition insecurity. Kaiser Permanente will provide participants with Instacart Health Fresh funds, grocery stipends that can be used to purchase nutrition foods, and pantry staples 
like fresh and frozen produce, legumes, plant-based oils, and spices from a curated virtual storefront. Participants will have items delivered to their homes via Instacart. This is Kaiser Permanente's latest addition to its food as medicine portfolio that includes building the evidence base for food-based interventions to treat and prevent diet-related diseases. These efforts include support for medically tailored meals and produce prescriptions targeted to meet specific nutrition needs. USA has announced $195.9 million in a mix of loans and value-added grants, which are to improve the supply chain for food and agriculture. The funding announcement was tied to the first meeting of the White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience as the Biden administration seeks to highlight programs meant to strengthen supply chains critical to America's economic and national security. The administration also looks to change America's perceptions of inflation and the strength of the economy. USA rolled out loans and grants for 185 projects across 30 states. As far as industry loans, the bulk of the funding at $164.2 million is tied to seven industry loans, including a couple loans for $40 million each for separate projects in Florida and Texas. The bulk of the funding at $164.2 million is tied to seven industry loans. Of those loans is a $29.5 million loan that will go to California Custom Processing LLC to help a $33 million facility expansion of almond and nut processing near Madera, California. The project will increase processing by 30% to more than 100 million pounds of almonds annually. Another $31.7 million will go to 178 projects that will receive USDA value-added producer grant funds. The White House said the focus on supply chain resiliency is part of President Joe Biden's Bidenomics agenda to lower costs for American families. Del Rigo Brothers Company of California is honoring its legacy with a commemoration of its 100th anniversary. As Del Rigo Brothers Company of California honors this anniversary milestone, its roots can be traced back even further to 1907 when Andrea Del Rigo arrived from Sicily to Boston. They wanted to share their history with the world, reflecting on the pivotal moments that have shaped them over the past 100 years, according to John Del Rigo, president, CEO, and chairman of the board of the company's year-long social media campaign celebrating the year. In addition to the digital celebration, Diarigo Brothers Company of California hosted the 61st annual Broccoli Rabe Feed on May 19th at its headquarters in Spreckles. This year's Broccoli Rabe Feed was extra special as they also celebrated their 100th year anniversary as a family of companies. In 1923, Andrea and his brother Stefano formed a partnership that laid the foundation for the company. Recognizing the demand for fresh produce, they pioneered the growing and shipping of broccoli from California to the East Coast in 1925. The Andy Boy Pink Label was trademarked in 1927. Diarigo Brothers was the first company to brand fresh vegetables, introducing the concept of labeling and packaging for produce. This visionary approach earned them recognition in a 1951 Harvard study as the pioneers of branded fresh vegetables. The company expanded into multiple districts and states in 1946, and the Diarigo Brothers partnership was incorporated into two companies, Diarigo Brothers Company of Massachusetts and Diarigo Brothers Company of California. Shortly after, Diarigo Brothers Company of New York was established in 1948. After the death of Andrea and Stefano, Stefano's son Andy Diarigo assumed the presidency of the company in California in 1965. Soon thereafter, he initiated the company's seed development program, introducing Broccoli Robbie and Sweet Anise. The company's achieved proprietary patents on these varieties in 19. 
1993. In 2006, Diarigo Brothers Company of California built a state-of-the-art cooling and shipping facility in Spreckles, and in 2008, the office headquarters were established adjacent to the facility. Today, the Diarigo Brothers Company of California under John Diarigo and his son produces fresh produce on over 40,000 crop acres across California, Arizona, and Mexico. Based in Oakland, California, Grant J. Hunt Company is welcoming industry veteran Darren Benson to its team, marking a significant milestone as the company gears up to celebrate its 90th anniversary in 2024. With over a decade of dedicated experience in produce sales and marketing, Benson has been a driving force in the industry, particularly with fresh apples, pears, and cherries during his tenure with Chell and Fresh in Washington State. A product of farming background, Benson's roots run deep in the tree fruits of Washington State. In his new role, Benson looks forward to broadening his product knowledge and expanding his expertise to encompassing to encompass additional Pacific Northwest crops. He says he'll delve into many other items that are grown in the Pacific Northwest, such as potatoes, onions, berries, and more. We know it's been tough managing inputs and resources lately. That's why we're inviting you to the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno, California. This event is a lifeline for specialty crop growers, PCAs, CCAs, and applicators alike. It's your opportunity to get help in today's challenging landscape. What will you find at the Input Ag Summit? Cost-saving seminars, networking with experts, special panel discussions, and solutions for hard times. Visit myaglife.com backslash events today to sign up for this new and exciting conference. As California farmers are being required to seek pesticide alternatives, some are turning to the sky for help with pest control. Native birds have always been a part of the farming ecosystem, but more growers are seeing that catering to feathered pest feeders can provide a harmonious relationship. Nonprofit Wild Farm Alliance, which helps growers bring nature back to the farm, is one such organization that has been facilitating research on the topic and helping farmers attract beneficial birds to their fields. Executive Director Joanne Baumgartner said the Sustainable Pesticide Roadmap released earlier this year, is trying to reduce the use of broad-spectrum pesticides, which can be harmful to beneficial insects, pollinators, and birds. When you support beneficial birds for pest control, you're not necessarily going to get, you you know, a a complete control of any uh, pest insect like you might with a really toxic pesticide, but it'll be part of the toolbox um, that growers can help to support and then benefit from it. So um, one of the best ways to support birds is to provide habitat for them, either putting up nest boxes for the birds that are cavity nesters that historically nested in tree cavities um, and or just putting in habitat like trees and shrubs will support birds, uh, providing them with food and cover and um, drawing them into the farm so that if there is a pest outbreak, they are around and able to help reduce it. Baumgartner says research on how birds can be used for pest control goes back as far as the 1880s and says there has been a resurgence of research on the topic more recently. There's research that documents avian pest control all around the world on all kinds of crops from um, corn and soybeans to um, coffee and cacao 
um, walnuts and almonds and cherries, it's apples, just a whole variety of um, crops. Because when birds are around, people have been noticing that they are eating insects. Just as there are beneficial insects, there are also beneficial birds, which are often more attracted to fields with a wider array of crops and habitats. When you provide a diverse habitat, it could be like a diversity of crops on your farm or having hedgerows and and uh, odd-shaped pieces of your farm having habitat and or if you have a, a ditches, you know, um, putting habitat on them or repairing habitat, um, all of that diversifying the landscape diversifies the bird community. And when you have a diverse bird community, you're going to have majority of birds there are going to be beneficial in helping with pest control. Bob Gardner says Wild Farm Alliance hopes farmers will look to birds for pest control as another tool that not only helps them on their farms, but also helps the environment, which we all share. When you provide habitat for birds, you're also providing habitat for beneficial insects, which then can help with a crop, but um, other kinds of in insects. We know worldwide insects are in decline, um, but other kinds of, of animals in our world um, that need, say, hedgerows would serve as corridors and or repairing areas that they need those corridors to move through the landscape. And also planting habitat like woody species like shrubs and trees are that wood is carbon. And so farmers are storing carbon when they plant habitat and that is helping with climate change. Wild Farm Alliance is currently offering seven hours of DPR-approved continuing education for PCAs who wish to learn more about how birds can be used for pest control. For more information on this and tips on how you can attract beneficial birds to your own fields, visit www.wildfarmalliance.org. For My Ag Life, this is Kristen Platts. Greg Harden, a best-selling author and former associate athletic director of student counseling at the University of Michigan, will be the keynote speaker at the 2024 American Farm Bureau Federation Annual Convention. He'll address attendees during the closing session of the annual convention on Monday, January 22nd. He has counseled more than 400 student athletes, including names like Super Bowl champion Tom Brady, Heisman Trophy winners Desmond Howard and Charles Woodson, and Olympic swimming champion Michael Phelps. Persistent, patient, and resilient are among the traits that professional athletes share with farmers and ranchers, according to AFBF President Zippy Duvall. That's why Harden's message about coaching and mentorship is so timely, according to Duvall, and he says the lineup for the entire convention is outstanding. In addition to guest speakers and exciting competitions, they also host important conversations about top priorities for U.S. agriculture, including the Farm Bill. The 105th Annual AFBF Convention will take place in Salt Lake City, Utah, January 19th through the 24th. The White House recently held the inaugural meeting of its Council on Supply Chain Resilience with participants including USDA Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack. Ag News reporter Rod Bain has the story. We're coming together to ask a simple question. What's next? What can we do? What must we do to keep making progress, to keep our supply chain stable and secure in the long term? 
among the solutions offered by President Joe Biden Monday. The launch of a new Council on Supply Chain Resilience. I'm charging this group to ensure that our supply chains remain secure, diversified, resilient. With the inaugural meeting of this council conducted Monday as well. I'm also directing my cabinet to create an early warning system that uses data to spot supply chain risks to our economic security, our national security, our energy security, and our climate security. Agriculture Secretary Tom Vilsack attended the meeting as a member of the White House Council on Supply Chain Resilience. USDA investments in supply chain resiliency in the past three years include almost $200 million in 185 projects nationwide. I'm Rod Bain reporting for the U.S. Department of Agriculture in Washington, D.C. Antitrust laws filed by more than 17 farmers across the country against John Deere will be allowed to continue after a federal court in Illinois has denied a company motion that would have ended the case. The U.S. District Court for the District of Northern Illinois denied a Deere motion to issue a ruling in an ongoing right-to-repair antitrust case based on the pleadings in the case. The lawsuits allege the company monopolized the repair service market for John Deere brand agricultural equipment with onboard central computers known as engine control units or ECUs. John Deere essentially asked the court to rule on the facts already presented before a trial could be held. In its motion filed in December of 2022, Deere alleged the farmer plaintiffs lacked legal standing to sue, failed to identify a plausible relevant market to base their claims, failed to plausibly allege Deere has monopoly power in a repair services market, and failed to plausibly allege any anti-competitive conduct. In his ruling, U.S. District Judge Lane D. Johnson said the farmer's complaint alleges both constitutional and antitrust standing, relevant markets, and all the necessary requirements for each count in a complaint. The judge said he expects the case to be long and expansive, despite the court's goal of bringing this litigation to a just, speedy, and inexpensive resolution. This order is the first major step on that journey. The lawsuits alleged Deere violated the Sherman Antitrust Act and are seeking damages for paying for repairs from Deere dealers beginning on January 12th of 2018 to the present. We're thrilled to announce that the North Valley Nut Conference is taking place on January 31st at Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. This event is held in conjunction with University of California Cooperative Extension. It's a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to your success in the orchard. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on the latest industry trends. Listen to our expert speakers, share valuable insights and practical advice, but attendance is filling up fast. So make sure you visit myaglife.com backslash events and register today. We hope to see you there. JCS Marketing is your number one way to connect with the ag industry. Through print magazines, digital media, podcast, and live and virtual events, JCS Marketing has the reach to inform, educate, and influence growers in the Western United States. Everywhere you go, you see West Coast Nut Magazine on every one of my customers' tables. So that tells you everything. That's, that, it's there, so they're reading it. Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect. That will wrap up today's show. You've been listening to the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm Lori Boyer. From all of us here at the JCS Marketing Team, thank you for listening. 